My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake, a podcast by Eva Enable. Welcome to another episode of My Biggest Sales Enablement Mistake podcast, where we share common mistakes and experiences from a variety of guests so others can learn from them. I am so excited to be joined today by Aman Dolabjin, who has a pretty unique position as an enabler, actually. He's been an enablement in one guise or another for over 20 years. More recently, he's been both a performance consultant and methodology program manager at LinkedIn. And he spent the last two and a half years in an enablement role in an e-learning provider, Udemy. I think you'll agree that he's a man with the insider perspective, which is super cool and exciting. Thank you for joining us, Oman. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much. You're so kind. <laughs> it's great to be here with you. Oh, fantastic. Look, I, I like to give an intro, but that I don't think that gives the full realm of, of, of who you are and what you do. So tell those listening a little bit more about you, about what you're doing today, uh, so they can, they, they, they can get a bit more of a sense of you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So uh, you, you covered it pretty good. I've been in, in a learning or enablement um, type role for basically the last 20 years. I started actually in sales, moved into sales coaching, uh, which was an amazing experience in my 20s. I just learned so much how difficult it is, but how impactful it can be. Mm. And then I moved into kind of learning design and got into like instructional work and, and you know, adult learning, training, facilitation, onboarding. Um, so spent a lot of time in that world and then enablement kind of grew and yeah. uh, I naturally just flowed into that, that world where a lot of my, you know, experience kind of helped me out um, and offered, a, you know, value to our field. So here I am today, I'm a director of sales enablement and coaching at uh, Udemy Business uh, or Udemy, same thing. Um, and yeah, it's been a great couple years here and I've learned even more. So happy to share a couple things of what not to do um, really? in enablement. Yeah. <laughs> I, everybody's really excited to, to hear it. So today's episode, um, and you know, I've kind of spoken about this before, is going to focus on the, the dangers, the missteps, the pitfalls, all, all of the, the, the kind of um, things that people want to learn from you about not using a proven change framework for enablement success. Now, for those listening, on behalf of those listening, Alman, I want to first check in. What do you mean by a change framework? Yeah, that's a great question and a great place to start. Um, so, it, you know, in the last couple of years, um, I've learned that it that change is really hard in organizations. I mean, it's hard in general, but in organizations, mm -hmm. especially where we're focused on skill development, change is really hard. And when I was asked to take on um, the change methodology at LinkedIn, I was honored to be asked to do that. And I learned so much through that experience, lots of mistakes, lots of things I learned that did, do work really well. So the change framework is literally, to the way I look at it is, how do we as an organization or as a group of leaders make change happen? Mm -hmm. And how does, it, how does it stay? And where's the sustainment on that change? Um, there's a step, there's a five-step framework I'm going to share today that will help anyone do, going through the same or similar challenges. So, so I love the fact that you've acknowledged that change is hard. It's something that we come across all day, every day. And I think there are people who are really comfortable with change and love disruption. 
and there are those that are not and I think I think no matter the situation certainly for businesses and organizations change is hard so I before we go into the what are the five steps that you just talked about there I'm I'm just going to throw this straight at you why is it bad not to have one like why why can't we just go like guys we're, we're, we're going to do this now we're going to we're going to change the way that we do this methodology or we're going to change the way that we sell so let's deliver some training and, and off we go like, yeah that's a great question great question again i think the words that just came to my mind is there's too much at risk love that and so what i mean by that is at some point change is necessary the world changes we must adapt we must change with it our customers change so our sellers need to change mm -hmm. and if they're going to change our enablement needs to change so there's a tri trickle effect there and so with the why i said there's too much at risk is if we don't change and we don't do it if that change isn't done successfully it, in this day and age with this amount of competition with this amount of uh pressure <laughs> definitely to to be hitting you know revenue targets and so on and as well as just people's overall skill development there's too much that can go wrong so if we can we can do a better job of that this this step this five steps will definitely help yeah and it, I, and it has helped me so i, I love that I mean, i've written down here i learned so much from these sessions i've written i like there's too much at risk and that the change is necessary and i think you're absolutely right the way the pace of change that is happening in the markets today that is happening with our buyers today the way that they want to buy the way that that we're evolving is is second to none like we, we don't i don't think we've experienced this I'd, I'd almost be tempted to call it a revolution in terms of you know where, where we're at in uh, in our world um but I, I, again before we go on to that i'm keen to get your perspective and you might touch on this in the in the five steps is there such a thing as too much change from the perspective of sales and sales enablement? Yes. And that <laughs> and that's another good question. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, in enablement, it's our job to be also monitoring how much change or how much information or learning is being kind of pushed through the business mm -hmm. to our field. Like our field, they're human. And I don't, I don't know if we sometimes forget that. Yeah. And I think that we like to, you know, one of the biggest challenges I have is learning or, or is, is prioritizing all that's coming through the business because I, I'm trying to protect the minds and the retention span of a learner. They can't, yeah. they're not, un, there's no unlimited bandwidth here. So let's, you know, I'm going off on a tangent with priorities, but just from a way to where we work with our stakeholders and our sales leaders and CS leaders, it's just important that we also remind them, not that they don't care, but it's important to remind them that our learners can only take in so much. So change has to be um, prioritized and that we focus on the biggest impact change versus just piling up volume of change. Yeah, and I think an enablement, um, something you touched on there, where your stakeholders, it's not like they don't get that there's a lot of change, but they're only seeing their part of the change. So when somebody says we need to change X, your perspective is I've got like 50 different stakeholders all asking for some level of change. I have to, you know, and I'm in that position that I get to see all of that. And that's why I have to prioritize, right? That, yeah. that otherwise it would just be massively overwhelming. That's right. Absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah okay so I've, I've held people back from from uh there from from listening to the uh the, the five steps but before we go any further let's let's understand those five steps that you talked about and you touched on because i think that's going to send us off in in a number of different areas yeah i mean i can do two things it's up to you i can share the five steps first or i can share a story maybe to set up a little set the stage first and then i can reveal the five steps what do you prefer i love a story please okay. All right, so let's let's get into storytelling, which is my favorite part of the day. So, <laughs> um, uh, so just some context for listeners and for yourself. Um, and I started talking about this earlier. So while I was at LinkedIn, I was tasked and asked to take on the global rollout of a new sales methodology. We called it value engagement methodology. And um, I learned very quickly that there are a number of things that you can do correctly. And there are a number of things that you can completely do terribly wrong. And the impacts are massive. Yeah. Luckily, I was in an organization where learning is top of mind. And we had a, I want to do a call out here. Um, one of our sales VPs named Mike Derrison has a course on LinkedIn. And I know I'm, I'm sitting here working at Udemy Business. I'm promoting a course on LinkedIn. It is what it is. You know, um, <laughs> Love it. maybe just edit that out. I don't know, but whatever, it's all good. Hey, we're all learners, okay? 100%. <laughs> so anyway, at the time, I learned this amazing five-step change to uh, change framework. And that's what I'll share today. And that what that did was it helped me unlock what I wasn't aware of and how I can quickly, in a simple way, make some lasting change happen. And, and I'm proud to share that three years almost later, after having left LinkedIn, when I kind of met, meet with some of my old colleagues, they still tell me that they're very much using that methodology still today. So I'm happy to say like, I, I can't credit all of it to that five-step five step change framework, but some of it for sure made an impact. So um, that's the story and do you want me to now get into maybe the framework? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Have I hyped I am, up? I am ready. Have I hyped it? Have I hyped I the ready. framework enough? Okay. All right. <laughs> so the first step, the first and most important step of any change, not just methodology, but any kind of big organizational change is the why. And I think the question here is, you have to ask yourself, has the why been shared with the people that we're expecting to change? Is the why message clear on why we're even bothering with this change? Because belief in the change is the first step. Mm -hmm. And if we don't share that why from a leadership perspective, I mean, top down at every level, whoever's involved needs to be very clear on why we're doing this change, why it's worth it, and what the risks are if we don't make that change. And is that is that why to each individual? Because I'm a great one for kind of perspective and making sure that I get I get it for me. Like what what's in it for me? Why why should I mm -hmm. care? Is it is, is it down to that level where you've got it's, different viewpoints on it? Yeah, and there's like layers to it. So I would say, you know, I'm not looking at notes here, but it's why for the business, um, why for you? So if you're a seller, why is this important? Mm -hmm. If you're a leader, why is this important? And then the third thing is why for the customer? It's all about the customer, right? Yeah, brilliant. So if we're not clear on this change for the customer, we can't articulate it. Sellers can't articulate it. Leaders can't articulate it. And you just lose the buy-in even before the change has started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
I love that. So that's start with a why. Love it. Yeah. That's, that's the first one. The second thing is this thing that you've probably heard, but I, I live by it is leading from the front. And it almost sounds like a buzzword these days. And I'm glad it does because it's so important. But the real, the step here is when change happens, it is super important. And I learned this at LinkedIn because we did it this way at LinkedIn. We started with our senior most leaders. We showed them the change. This was in the methodology context. We brought them in and we invited them into the change to co-create the change. And then we went level by level down the, down the line. So leadership, director level, senior managers, managers, ICs. But then we also went sideways. We went, who else is impacted by this change? Yeah. So maybe some stakeholders, for example, people we work with, like our product teams, our marketing teams, our you know, cross-functionals like CS and you know, whoever else is involved we brought them into this change as well. Because it's important that these leaders are speaking the same language that first of all, they're bought in, they know the why. Mm -hmm. now, they're, now they're a voice of change, they're change agents. And so lastly, really quickly, if you can imagine, and I've seen this, uh, and I won't mention kind of companies and names, but I've seen change done where leadership wasn't brought in first, they weren't bought in first. They weren't clear on the why first. And the change went straight to the seller level. And guess what? Didn't stick. Didn't, didn't stick. Yeah. Didn't land. No consistency. No clarity. Yeah. No accountability. We'll get into as, that in a little bit. Uh, yeah. You, as soon you, as you the pressure comes. Yeah. As soon as the pressure right. comes on, all that, that change goes out the window. It reverts to type. We, I mean... I remember writing a blog last year, it could have even been longer than that, where you know people ask us all the time, what's the secret sauce to getting a, a culture of coaching and a coaching program to be actually successful now? You know, you, you know us, we're all about competency frameworks, we're about measurement, we're about coaching. And so all of those things are important. Yeah, getting the competency framework, getting the measures right, getting the, the, the kind of operational rigor right, all of that, right. yes. But if you don't lead by example from your leadership, if they're not going, I'm going to coach my managers and the managers are going to coach their team. If you don't start with that position, then you're starting from, you know, a, a thousand miles behind. Right. Uh, yeah. Right on. I'll, I'm going to just quickly talk about coaching because it's a perfect. Thank you for mentioning that. We, we recently did some manager immersions at Udemy Business on some change we're going through. And it was clear we should have done these changes last year because mm -hmm. the coaching was being done but it wasn't being done in the context of the change. Yeah. And so if, if I'm a seller and my leader is having a coaching conversation with me and is not even mentioning or even bringing up any of the things that they should be doing or should be following methodology related. So the, AC, the, 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 the seller goes, well, my leader isn't talking about it. This can't be important. Yeah, it's not important. Yeah. yeah. So, leading <laughs> from the front. More. Yeah, Love leading that. from the front. Yeah. All right, so we're, we've got two down. Let's go to the third one. Um, the third one is measurements. So measuring results, measuring progress. And so what I mean by that is when there's big change, it's important to have at least one or two very early metrics or a standard that you're going to be measuring the business's change by. Mm -hmm. And communicating that change uh, or that measurement, because um, 
progress is more important than perfection. Yes. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard that one before, but yeah. it's another one we live by. And if we are not measuring how the change is going, if we don't even know, like, I'll give you an example. We were working on a project. We had no, we had no metric measuring the change that we were doing. And so a year after we've launched something, the business is looking at each other or we are looking at each other in enablement saying, we actually can't even tell you if it's impactful or not because we don't, mm -hmm. we haven't been measuring anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, my head, converted, yep. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, if I was in a room with our CEO and he asked me that question or she asked me that question and I said, I don't know, I'd expect to be fired. Yeah. Like that's not acceptable. So it doesn't need to be complicated. We don't have to have, you know, 25 different metrics. Just pick one or two metrics that we can follow from month to month, week to week, quarter to quarter, that's going to track the progress of the change. Are yeah. they adopting it? Are they not adopting it? Right? And it's not just about are they adopting it and are they not adopting it, is it? It's about do we need to, like, up our game? Do we need to intervene somewhere? Do we need to certain mm. areas need extra support? Do we, are, we, are we not communicating this well enough? Is the you know, is there a misalignment somewhere? You know, if we press go and then just say, hands off, we're going to let it fly and see where we end up. That's like a, that's, that, that goes back to that too much risk, right? You, you have to be able to say that, you know, a month in, two months in, you know, are where we expect, where we expect to be. Do we need to make any adjustments? And I think there's a culture here as well in that of being able to say, and being comfortable to say, God, that's not actually working as mm -hmm. well as we envisaged. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. not to be a blame, oh God, you're not showing value. Not to, it's what do we need to do about that? What, how can we change that? How can we react? How can we adapt? Yeah. Um, and then manage that. I think, I think that's a key thing. So love measurement, that. I couldn't agree more, hugely important. I love what you added to, the, to, to, that, to that one. That is such an important call out because we, you know, in enablement, you and I both know we're very action oriented. Mm -hmm. But we can't action things if we don't know how they're going. We don't have a have a have more insight. And and we're lucky at Udemy, I'll tell you. We have a learning culture here. So most people, majority of the people here will will want to know where do we pivot? What did we where do we go wrong? Where do we learn from that failure? Mm -hmm. And how do we move forward? So great, great call out. Yeah. Are you ready for the fourth? Part? I'm I'm like literally on the edge of my seat. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally on the edge of my seat sharing this. This is great. Um, so the fourth one is a, something called the money baller or the money ball. And have you seen the movie Moneyball? I have seen the movie Moneyball. Okay. Yeah, love it. Okay. And, uh, and I think has got so many things aligned to the world of enablement today in the world of sales in how it goes about calculating Areas yeah. improved. So I just think there's loads of, uh, yeah, alignment there. Go on. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and I'm glad you've seen it. It's a great movie. But the reason why we call this the Moneyball step is when change happens, especially as it's like launching, there are always early adopters, or hopefully. There are people that tend to usually say, you know what, I'm going to grab this, I'm going to put it on in, this, in the context of methodology. I'm going to try this new way. I'm going to unlearn what I did before. I'm going to learn something new. And these are the people that are your champions of the change. Yes. And so money ballers, I, I like to call them also spotlights. So when you're having that change in that, in whatever program it is, and you're starting to see some early success, even if they're not successful, they're trying, 
you want to spotlight these people because they're really your champions, your, your internal champions. And they're showing, um, they're showing some leadership. They're showing some risk that they're, that they're able to take risk on and be challenged. They're also showing that they are growth, growth mindset, right? They are open yeah. to change. And so it's important to highlight them, spotlight them, get them on all hands, get them in front of your teams, do a podcast on them. You know what I mean? Like bring these people in to invite and learn from them and also celebrate. Yeah, celebrate, peer learning and celebrate. peer reinforcement is so important, isn't it? And, and yep. you know, I think three and four are actually you know, interlinked a little bit, aren't they? Because if you've got those early adopters, those champions of change, and they're seeing the green shoots of, of positive measurement outcomes that, that, you know, even if they're the early outcomes, those leading indicators of, of change, that, that you can right. also shout about, you know, Bob over there, A, he's, you know, a champion for it. He's really adopted it. And, and hell, you know, his, his deal velocity, his pipeline, his, his conversion ratio of meetings into, into ops or calls into meetings is skyrocketed mm -hmm. or, or even gone up by, you know, that, that's that proof point. It's peer learning, it's peer reinforcement, and people take on board so much more when you've got that. I agree. That's right. I'm going to give Gong a quick shout out here because they've been a great partner to us um, and more in the recent months as I work with them more. But Gong is a great tool to find those early champions. They're a great, great, great tool to use. Because they're using it in the field, in practice. Right. If you, have your, yeah. if you have your trackers built out, then you can quickly find some of the early kind of wins yeah. um, or the dashboards. So quick plug there. But yeah, that one's really, really important. And um, there was one other thing I was going to add to Moneyball. Um, oh, the peer learning that you mentioned. My goodness. Can you like... I remember when I was in sales, most of my learning came from my peers. I'll be yeah. really honest. Yeah, I, I was lucky that I had people that were okay with mentoring me and teaching me early on, but just super, super important. Um, how are we for time? Are we good? Yeah, you crack on. I'm loving All this. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm so Great. now like waiting to hear the final point. I feel like it's, All right. it's uh, yeah, I'm. Ask, do you want to guess what one the last one is or should i just give it away do you have any well, I, i've gone the wider leading for the front the measurement the money ball no i can't you know all, all of those inputs to me make okay. absolute sense bring it go on okay okay cool um it's accountability and you're and i'm probably uh, and i think you're probably like of course it is armin of course it is because that <laughs> is if you think about it that's the single point of failure almost for most programs, isn't it? That everyone thinks it's a great idea and then nobody's accountable for actually applying that change. And so it falls at that hurdle. So yes, of course. Spot on. And, and again, back to my story. So um, at LinkedIn, and I learned from really great change, change agents there. Again, Mike there is an amazing leader. This course is awesome. Um, if, see the four steps before the fifth one actually make the fifth one a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. You've shared the why. You're leading from the front as a leader. Um, you're measuring results or progress. And you are celebrating early adopters or champions as money ballers. So the fifth one is accountable. And it's really, really important during change, especially as it starts. And you kind of follow a crawl, walk, run phase, phases, what I use, usually use. But in that first crawl phase, if you don't establish some form of accountability, then the change is really at risk of happening mm. and people sticking. And it's not about a check the box exercise. 
It's not about like, did you do your thing? Yes, great, check mark, everyone's doing it. It's it's more than that. It's are you account are you being accountable for all the things that go with the change? And it's trying the new skills, it's it's asking for coaching, it's receiving the coaching. That's a huge piece of it. Some people want coaching, but they're not really ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important that we're holding anyone that's involved in the change accountable. And that could be someone I'm going to give you. Most people are thinking right now as they're listening to this, oh, of course, the salespeople have to be held accountable. But what I'm talking about is in addition to that, is your director of sales being held accountable? Yeah. Is he or she being held accountable to leading from the front, measuring results, communicating progress? So it's everybody being held accountable. It's your marketing team also being bought in and adopting the change in the work that they do. So for example, in methodology, are they sharing a common language with us? So the field doesn't get two or three different languages, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of uh, pieces of the accountability part that's really, really important. I won't go too much more in detail on it, but very simply establish one or two things along with the measurement people will be accountable to. Maybe it's you know, trying something once a week per rep. Maybe yeah. it's once a, once a week per a manager. And start there. And as you go through crawl, walk, run, which is kind of the phases, once you get to walk, you increase that accountability. And when you get to run, hopefully it's so natural that you don't even have to increase anything. The change has been adopted. So that's my bit on accountability. So important. And, and I've got a, a similar story in that rolled out a new uh, spin selling methodology, trained all the salespeople on it sort of globally from every level of the organization, then recorded, you know, some follow ups to for the managers to say, here's here's how you can coach to that. Here's the stuff to listen out to. Here's some templates. Um, and then the massive failure there was that, that the managers just didn't take it on board. Right. And that was two. There's two elements of your five step program, the senior leadership hadn't hadn't gone to that level of, of, of leading by example. So the managers were that afterthought of, okay, so we've got a video, we know how to coach it, but there's other priorities and it got lost and it just got lost. And it was just crushing all of that work mm-hmm. gone into the change. And then it fell by the wayside because of that accountability, but at the manager level, you know, not at the sales rep level, it's the manager level. And that was, you know, it's so disappointing and it, it creates risk and cost. Uh, and, and, and frustration and, and a time lag, massive time lag uh, in everything you do. So I, I couldn't agree with that um, as, as a final piece. And, and all the other bits, you're right in saying they make it easier for the accountability, but equally if that accountability isn't, isn't there, the other bits are, are, are become irrelevant almost. I, I mean, um, especially the third one. I mean, you're going to start measuring results if no one's being held accountable to making yeah. that change happen. Yeah. The other, that third bucket's gonna gonna suffer, um, and I'm just I, I, the way I look at this framework is it's not complicated, right? I, I hope it didn't come across that way, but I, I one of the reasons why I really jumped in on this one is it's not complicated. There are five pretty simple concepts, nothing too overly you know engineered, mm. but if followed to even a you know average effort should see successful impact for that change that you're trying to make yeah yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more and i and i love uh, you know i go as far as say it's it's brilliant in its simplicity because you can apply it it's not over complicated um but each element being so important and linked to the next 
So I, I'm just going to sum up because I think I could talk to you all day. Um, I, I think I could spend my life talking to people on these, these podcasts, but there's a couple of bits that I just really want to remind everybody listening that I've written down because I write copious amounts of notes because I learn more from these podcasts, I think, than any of our audience even. I love them. Um, so I've written down, like I said earlier, too much at risk to not change. There's too much at risk and there's too much at risk to not manage change appropriately, but change is necessary, I, I wrote down there. And then again, just a recap on, on those five elements, the why, you know, has it been shared? Has it got everybody's perspective? Does everybody understand their why? You know, leading from the front, right the way from the top of the exec, leading by example being really, really important. Measurement being the third one, those early metrics, communicating it, you know, you said, which was really important, which, which I loved. And um, fourth, and I love the fact that you called it the money ball, but yeah, those early adopters, those champions of change, publicizing it, you know, making them champions and, and, and almost PRing the crap out of them because people love, you know, peer learning. They love peer reinforcement. They love learning from other people. Um, and then that fifth one, that accountability piece, and, and not just the reps, a lot falls to the reps, but it's accountability. Again, back to that senior exec all the way down through management and, and all of supplementary roles um, to, to make sure that they're reinforcing um, that for, for long-term change to make sure it sticks. I, I think that everybody listening to the podcast today will have got an enormous amount out of that. And I thank you for sharing. Kate, it's been so great to, to meet with you. We've met before and, you know, I think of you as a, as a massive thought partner. I love that, you know, our paths crossed. I love what you're doing over there uh, at your business. And, uh, you know, I, thanks for the opportunity to share this. It's, it's really helped me. If anyone listening would want more details, I mean, please feel free to contact me. I'm, I love talking enablement as well or change, uh, change management, change frameworks. Um, the last thing I'll say is I know it's not one of the steps, but I'm just going to assume that everyone listening um, is, is, help, is also promoting their coaching efforts of their teams, leaders top down across. I think the coaching takes this change, you know, when, when approach, when this change framework is approached through a coaching lens, I think it just amplifies the, the impact it can make because coaching is just one of those things that helps every facet of the, of our world. So yes. thank you so much, Kate. Supercharged it. And, and Aman, how can people get hold of you if they do want to yeah. sort of have a conversation around those elements? Yeah. Uh, good question. So, you know, just add me on LinkedIn. If you don't send me a quick connect, just mention that you heard my podcast, uh, this episode, or just mention where you may have heard um, or, or heard from me or, or another in, from maybe one of my posts. I often post about different enablement topics, performance related, coaching related, and I'm happy to, to connect with you. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Oman. And thank you very much for listening, everybody. You have been listening to another episode of my biggest sales enablement mistake podcast. Uh, and, uh, and that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you. Take care, Kate.